Good morning. Hey, welcome home to Cassidy Church. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I am the lead pastor here at Cassidy. It is a great joy to be here and worship with you, to be able to celebrate what God is doing in and through the body of Christ and at our church, Cassidy. Uh, if you don't know, this is our very first online service, and so I'm glad that anybody has joined us. So hopefully you're out there, uh, and we're excited to be here, to be able to be in worship, even in a time like this. I just want you to be confident and be comfortable and know that we're excited that you are with us and that I'm excited that, that we get any opportunity to be in worship together gives us that. So wherever you are, it doesn't really matter. We're able to celebrate what God is doing, and we're able to come together virtually, if not in person, and we can worship together in this way until we get an opportunity to come together and, and to celebrate what God is doing uh, in person with one another again. So I look forward to that day. Until then, we're going to keep going on our sermon series that we've been working through. This sermon series uh, is called Long Story Short, and it's a story of God's narrative, God's story throughout the Bible of redemption and of love that he's bringing up to us and, and teaching us so that we can get to know a little bit more about who God is. And that's one of the three things that we're looking to learn about this. We, first, we want to learn more about God. We want to learn more about who God is and what God is doing. Uh, second, we want to learn more about God's story of redemption, because God's story of redemption is the thing that, that, that explains all to us that we are, are part of God's story. And that's the third thing that we want to learn about, is we want to learn more about our place in God's story. And, and so I, I wanted, <laughs> actually this week our sermon series is titled warning. Um, it's, not, it's not intentional. We didn't plan this beforehand, but God, hey, God knows what he's doing. So we're talking about warnings. Uh, and one thing I've learned in life is that warnings are only as good as the people that receive the warning. So if I tell you, hey, you probably shouldn't climb up that tree, but you decide, hey, I want to climb up that tree anyway, you didn't listen to the warning. And that's the problem with warnings is, is people don't really pay attention to warnings all the time. Sometimes we do, and, and it works out for us, and sometimes we don't, and it turns out catastrophic. For me, one of those times occurred when I was a little kid. I was once again on my grandfather's acre of land, um, and usually uh, we had one rule for me when I was a kid, and it was don't do dumb things, um, mostly because I did dumb things all the time. <laughs> And so at this point, uh, I, I am going to tell you a story about a dumb thing I did. My grandfather had warned me about horses. He had raised horses and didn't have any horses at the time, but a neighbor kid had a pony. Uh, and, and my grandfather said, first, don't walk behind a horse. Don't mess around with the horse. Don't play with the horse, especially a young horse, because they are apt to do things differently than a mature or a well-cared-for horse. And so I, uh, because I'm a genius, I walked uh, over to my friend's house, and he was showing me his new pony, and I was like, hey, let's, let's Lone Ranger this thing. And in my head, I ran up behind the horse, and I elegantly jumped onto the back of the horse and landed on the the pony who was big enough to carry me, so he's almost a horse, and, and rode off into the sunset. Now, there wasn't a bridle or a saddle or anything on the horse, so I wasn't thinking things through too clearly. And what happened was I ran up and I landed about halfway up the horse and fell down, at which point 
the horse decided he was upset with all the shenanigans that were going on, and he kicked the living fire out of me. And I flew backwards, and recalling all of this on the bicycle pump ride home, because I couldn't walk, um, I thought to myself, man, that was dumb. <laughs> I should have listened to the warning that my dad or my grandfather gave me. And the problem was I didn't listen to it. And so again, warnings are all about that. And here's the other thing about warnings. Typically, you don't have to have a warning unless, uh, unless somebody has done something already. Uh, here's what I mean by that. Uh, caution, uh, I'm hot. This is a coffee cup. I don't, I don't know if you get that, but, but coffee should always be hot unless you're getting iced coffee. So we, we really shouldn't, until a law, until a legal team decided they were going to sue McDonald's, uh, we didn't have to worry about this. Here's another one. Don't close a lid on a kid in a tub. There's a suffocation risk. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, just just sh public information. Uh, here, this is a good one. Uh, do not iron while wearing shirt. Did somebody really try to iron while they were wearing I don't. I don't know. Uh, here we go. Uh, and look at the picture. This is not a good one. Do not hold the wrong end of a chainsaw. The fingers are no longer attached, friends. Uh, it's, it's no good. Uh, here's a, a washing machine. Do not put any person in this washer. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not my... My first thought is not, hey, let's put somebody in, in the washer. No, here's uh, one for Josh. Uh, this is a bag of peanuts, and it says peanuts, 100% uh, allergy advice. Contains peanuts. Not suitable for nut and sesame allergy. Uh, hello. Uh, I don't know, I don't know why, why we need that kind of information, and I'm just going to throw this up there because Tide Pods is dumb, and we shouldn't be doing anything with Tide Pods. So the problem we have is that we, we tend to think of others who don't listen to warnings as foolish, and we tend to forget just how much we don't listen to warnings, that we ignore the warnings that have been told to us and the things that we can hear. And so the scary part of, of, a warn, of warning labels, again, is that somebody has had to try these things out and if we think through that, we have probably done some pretty dumb things in our lives, and we need to move past that. And so we want to hear what, what, what God has to say, because in all honesty, God has been dealing with our stubborn hearts from the beginning, uh, and has been given warning after warning after warning to the people of Israel and to us, and, and uh, it's a warning that is different from a regular warning. And what I mean by that is when I tell you, hey, Josh you shouldn't climb that tree because you might fall out and get hurt. Uh, I am using language about you might or you could or something like that. But when God gives a warning, God is using knowledgeable information. If you do that, this will happen. God's not guessing that that could happen. God knows that that could happen. And that's the difference that we have between when we, when we think through this on our own, when we look at what God knows and what, what we know, we're giving a warning out of probability or likelihood or even statistical significance, but God's giving it out of factual information. God knows what's going to happen if we go in that direction. And so that's why God's warnings are so much better than our warnings. 
God's warnings help us to grow and help us to understand that God has a better vision, a better view of the way things are and the way things are going to turn out. And, and God is all about that. And so we're going to look at a couple of stories um, in, in, the, in the stories of prophets because that's the area that we're getting to. That's where God is warning the people that they're going their own way. But before we get there, I just wanted to tell you a couple things about uh, prophets. Because a lot of times we can sit there and we can think, okay, prophet is like a fortune teller. Prophet uh, looks and, and knows what, what is going on uh, in the future. And so that's, that's what the prophet is going to do. Um, and what we're going to try and do is, is kind of dispel some of that. So God uses prophets not to tell the future. Their main job, the main job of the prophet is to return the children of Israel's hearts back to God. And they do that in two ways because Israel was constantly going away from God in two different directions. One, there would be false gods. They would have idols and other gods that they would put in front of God. So this idolatry would be the primary reason that one prophet would be talking. The second would be because the people had forgotten to care for the widow and for the orphan and for the poor. And God would continually call them out. The other thing to know about prophets is, man, they're not like normal people. They are hardcore people. There was a prophet named Hosea. God said, Hosea, I want you to go and marry a prostitute because I want by your life you to bear witness to what it's like for me when the people turn away and serve false gods. When the people turn away from me, it's the same way as when your wife goes to be with someone else. And it breaks your heart and it makes you sad and, and you don't know how to respond. That's the same way I feel. It breaks my heart when my people turn away from me. And then Hosea had kids. Uh, Hosea's kids, really probably not very popular. Uh, the first one was named Jezreel. Jezreel was to remind people of a bloodshed that took place when a king took power, saying, you shouldn't be like this. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do these kinds of things. Then he gets really creative with the names. He names the second child Lo-Ruhmah, and this is no mercy. God will have no mercy on you. And the last one is Lo-Ami, not my people. This is really equivalent to me naming my son, God hates you, God's not friendly with you anymore, you guys are being dumb. Any of those types of things, this is exactly what we're seeing with, with these names that Hosea is naming his kids. And so it's this idea that, that the prophets are hardcore. There was a guy named Isaiah for, for three years, three years, Isaiah walked around buck naked and barefoot through Israel. I don't know if you knew that. I'm pretty sure he was a hit at parties. Um, and then when, when he would, you know, if you're, oh God, here comes Uncle uh, Isaiah, you know, walking through the streets. It's not going to be good. Uh, so all of that is, is uh, just to demonstrate how hardcore uh, these folks really, really were, because they were serious about what's going on. I just, I, it's hard to imagine um, some of the, the dedication that they had in serving God. And, and for us, um, that's the kind of thing that we need to realize, is the prophets were serious. They were called by God to a purpose, and they were serious about that purpose, no matter the cost to themselves, because they wanted to let the people know that God was displeased. They wanted to bring the people back into relationship with God. And, and, and so Isaiah, we, I want to start with Isaiah. 
because what, what's going on at the time of Isaiah is Isaiah is a prophet in between, uh, in between times. What, what I mean by that is he's a prophet that is, uh, in, he serves the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom as prophet. So he's going between the two, but he, he is um, dealing with a, a people that have turned away and are relying not, not on God, but on other things, on other gods, on other powers, and, and they are pretty confident in themselves at this point. And Isaiah is coming onto the scene, and he's like, guys, you are making deals with people who can't ensure your safety, and you're turning away from the one who can. God is the one who can ensure your safety. You're turning away from that, and you're not listening to what God has to say. And so he says this about the, the people of Israel. Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming alliances, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin, who go, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look to, for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge, but Pharaoh's protection will be your shame. Friends, this is exactly what God is talking about. Egypt's shade will bring you disgrace because they're looking for God, not, not for God's support and protection, but for Egypt's. Hey, if we go to Egypt and ask them for protection, they will be giving us all the protection we need. We don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to serve God. This, this serving God stuff is kind of for the birds, and I don't know how we're going to do that. We should just go and make a deal with Egypt. And, and this is, God is warning them, hey, if you do this, bad things are going to happen. I'm going to withhold my protection from you. You're not going to be in, in uh, I'm not going to cause calamity to fall upon you. But when I back off, calamity is going to happen because you're not listening. You're not paying attention. God is warning the people that if they, they are, that they are trusting the wrong things and that they shouldn't trust in Egypt. Instead, they should trust in God. And, and so, Isaiah wants to remind the people who God is. And so normally I, I ask you to open your Bibles and we'll, we'll stand for the reading. But if you're at home, if you will turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40, verses 22 through 31, I would love it if you would just read along with me. If you have a Bible app, that's, uh, you know, use that. Uh, if you have any online uh, application that you can use while you're watching us online, that's cool too, whatever you need to do. Uh, but we're going to read uh, from verse 22 to 31, and we're going to hear Isaiah reminding the people of what God is like. And it starts with this. He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and, it, and its people are like grasshoppers. Now, if you remember before when the people were going into the promised land, they went and they saw the people that were inhabiting the promised land before they had captured it, and they were like, oh, they're like giants. We're like grasshoppers to them. So Isaiah is reminding them that God has done all of these things just through this one statement, but he's reminding them, these people are not really like, you weren't like grasshoppers to the people that inhabited the, the, the world. Uh, you were like people against them, but to God, you really are like grasshoppers. And he continues, he said, he stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them 
and they wither, and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me, who, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out, all, out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is discredited, dis disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God is trying to remind uh, the people of Israel that, that God is the one who did all of these things. Remember, I'm the one who created everything. I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one who led you into the promised land. I am the one who protects you and cares for you. I was your king for a while until you replaced me, but don't go too far from me. I want to renew our relationship. This is what God is trying to do. And, and what gets me is that the people continually turn away. And, I, and we can all get frustrated by this and be like, why didn't y'all just listen? Why didn't y'all just... And then we look at the warning labels we have on things because we don't listen either. And so the reality is that, that all of this was happening at a time when the, there's an invading army about to come into the, the nations and carry people off into exile. And what I love about Isaiah, this is, this is just another example of him being hardcore. He knows that the battle is coming. He knows that they're going to capture and, and be taken away from their land. And yet he goes that very night and buys a field just to demonstrate, hey, even though the warning is there, and even though we've gone too far and we can't turn back now, even though there is that, there is still hope. And that's the one thing that we need to carry away from this, this whole story, is that God is not just a God of judgment and a God of, of calling things into, into the wrong way. God is a God who is after us and, and after our relationship, trying to renew our relationship with Him, trying to remind us of who we are and of whose we are. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who has ever wondered about God, the people abandoning God, uh, but I want us to remember that we have time and again heard God's warning in our own lives and turned away from it. But that doesn't mean that hope is gone. God's deepest desire is for us to know him and to live in relationship with him. This is why Jesus came into the world. When we could not take, uh, make a way to be returned to a right relationship, Jesus comes into our world and makes a way for us. Through his life, death, and resurrection, we have hope 
hope in a right relationship, hope in a life well lived, hope in a life that can be dedicated to God. And we think of the prophets as being uh, crazy, radical folks. What does a, a, a life look like from a Christian who is sold out on Jesus Christ? Somebody who is passionate about a relationship with God and about making that, that relationship primary in their lives. They give more. They live better. They have better relationships. They care for their neighbors. They make a difference in the world on the behalf of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're after, friends. That's what a life well lived in Christ's light and love looks like, is, is a, folks, uh, a, a, folks, a group of people that are, that are passionate about building one another up in this relationship, about holding each other accountable, and about unleashing us in ministry to the world. Because that's what God's Spirit does within us. It prepares us and propels us. It gets us ready and gets us going so that we can make a difference. And right here and now, friends, we have a great opportunity. A lot of you are sitting at home and you're like, well, how are we going to build the kingdom? I have no idea. I want to I remind you of a couple of things. One, we have the, a, a unique opportunity right now in an unprecedented time to share the love of God in a way that we have never done before. I don't know how many of you would call a neighbor and say, hey, can I go grocery shopping for you? Can, can I go out for you and, and get something? Hey, do you need anything while I'm at the grocery store? Hey, is there anything I can do for you? And I, I want us to do that. Let's, you know, if you're one of those people that, that needs somebody to go to the grocery store, that's not what I'm talking about. But if you're a person that is able to go out and is not so concerned with this because you don't have any underlying uh, symptoms going on, and we're talking about the coronavirus, if you're not, if you're not familiar or if you're watching this at some point in the future. Uh, but the idea is, hey, call, call up a neighbor and just ask how they're doing. We're going to start here at church. Uh, we're going to start a calling tree. So if you would love to, to uh, just call four or five people uh, on a daily basis and just check in. Hey, how are you doing? Just making sure everything's okay. Uh, just let us know. Call the church office. Call Jana. She will get you scheduled and get you some folks that you can be calling because what we need to do is we need to be in community even though we can't be physically together. And so we, we have all of these ways that we can do that, that we can serve this God because we can take the good news that Jesus has given us that, that even though we didn't listen to all the warnings, even though we're, we're still trying to figure this whole thing out, that God isn't done with us, that God is calling us into this relationship, and that God can use us in this relationship to, to go and do and to be, even though we're, we're trying to maintain uh, you know, the distance that we have between people, and we're trying to keep the numbers of people down. And so my hope is that we can do that that we can make a difference in this world during this time for the God who sits on the throne. And I said it before and I'll say it again, uh, that, that God, God's kingdom is not in peril. Jesus is still on the throne and we serve that very same God. And, and here's the key for us. As the, the church, the body of Christ, we have never been about a building. I've seen this on Facebook. I've seen it online in a bunch of different places. We are not a building, friends. We are a people, a people called by God to serve him in ministry to those outside the church, those inside the church, those in our communities, those in our neighborhoods, and those everywhere we go. So let us be that church. Let us be that people, and let us serve the God who loves us and who calls us into ministry, and let us be unleashed for the kingdom of God. Friends, let's pray.
gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift that you give us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the love that you offer to us, for the way that you share life with us, and for the hope that you give us. God, we just pray that you would help us to be united in purpose during this time. Don't give us a spirit of timidity and of fear, but instead help us to know that you are still there, that you are on the throne and that none of this is a surprise to you, that you have this, that you have us. Help us to realize that and then help us to be sent forth in whatever way we can, whether it's calling to check on people or, or going and doing things for our neighbors or others at church, if, if we have needs or if we're able to go and do those things, help us to do just those, that so that we can, we can remind people that even though we're supposed to be separate and even though we're supposed to isolate and those types of things, that we can still be the body of Christ, that we can still seek to do your will and we can still make a difference. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, and all of us agreed and said, amen. Friends, I just wanted to remind you, do a quick reminder, that during this time, the church is not stopping. The, the church community is not stopping. The church people are not stopping. And the, the uh, staff and, and folks here at this church are, are not stopping. And we're, we're still, last week we were out at least of these serving because we, we have needs. And, and I wanted to take this moment to just invite you to continue partnering with us um, and, and, and continue doing that financially as well as through the, the works that you are doing in the community. Uh, and we, we make it easy for you to give. You can send us a, a send it through the mail. You can drop it off by the church. You can uh, go online. You can uh, give by text, and all of that is right there visible to you. So I, I just want to encourage you to, to continue to partner with us, because when this thing ends, we are going to come together, and no matter when it is, we're going to have an Easter celebration, and that is going to be the greatest celebration we've ever had, uh, and I am look forward to it, and I can't wait to see you all in person. God bless.